Welcome to another edition of Who's Better Baseball, the podcast where we answer a simple question on each show. Who's better at baseball? I'm the host, managing editor at JustBaseball.com, Ryan Finkelstein. I got Colby Olson here, and I am bringing everyone behind the curtain of how we did our top 10 rankings for each position. We were on a Zoom. It was me and you, and it was the Just Baseball show host, Peter Jack and Aram, and we went position by position. As the managing editor, I had basically put together my top 10s, and I actually have my top 10 in front of me for the shortstops. So let's just go to where we started and then how we're ending up with this current conversation, which is going to be Tommy Edmond versus Jeremy Pena. I had the same top three. Actually, no, the top four is a little bit different, right? So I had Lindor Turner, one and two. No one had any debates about it. Everyone was happy with it. I had Correa three, Bogarts four. Everyone else said Bogarts just had a better year. I quickly was like, all right, no problem. We'll, we'll move that along. I didn't really feel too strongly on it. I had Seager five. I had Swanson and Willie Adamas six and seven. I had Jeremy Pena eighth on my list. I had Bo Bichette ninth. Now, I'm not here to argue Bo Bichette versus Jeremy Pena. Me and Arm did a little bit of that on my show yesterday. I was overvaluing the future. Bo Bichette's awesome. We slid him up to six. Everyone fell down. But then Pena kept sliding. We ended up putting Wander Franco on the list. I had him as an honorable mention. I was just, sometimes I like honorable mentions to be guys that we weren't entirely sure of or, or guys that hadn't put it all together yet. So for him, I was just like, where do I put Wander? I could put him in the top five based on future. I could, you know, so I, I had him there. We decided to put ahead. I was like, I get it. It's Wander. So then Pena slides down again. Uh, I had Tim Anderson. He fell off. You jug your, your feet in the ground and said, guys, Tommy Edmond nearly put up a six F four. So you made the push. I remember Jack and Peter hopping on the bandwagon. Suddenly Tommy Edmond is a top 10 shortstop in baseball. So I'll, I'll give you the floor to start. Why do you think Tommy Edmond should be a top 10 shortstop in baseball? Ryan, it's a pleasure to be on as always and excited to dig in because Tommy Edmond versus Jeremy Pena, the, the more I dove in, it is very, very close. It really is close. But the reason that I believe Tommy Edmond as a shortstop in 2023 should be ranked ahead of Jeremy Pena is, well, a lot of reasons. But I want to acknowledge first what you're I know what you're going to come at me with about Tommy Edmond. I'm going to start there because at shortstop in 2022, um, Tommy Edmond did not hit well as a shortstop in 2022 a 95 wrc plus in 317 plate appearances as a shortstop that was a 21 percent k rate a five percent walk rate and a 114 iso so his power was way down as a shortstop k percentage was up as a shortstop i don't know if it was in his head or what it was just to start but then as a second baseman he raked right 124 wrc plus and 295 plate appearances 14% K rate, 9% walk rate, and a 161 ISO. He was a different hitter as a second baseman. So I dug in a little bit more, though, because to me, it's like, okay, maybe on one hand, playing shortstop was in his head. Maybe he was thinking about the defense more. But I don't know. That seems like a little bit of a stretch to me. So I dove a little bit deeper. And I think two other things will tell the story of, of why Tommy Edmond maybe struggled as a shortstop. Um, 
but I think it's more a first half, second half split as well as where he was hitting in the lineup. So you look at Edmund's second half and he had a 118 WRC plus in the second half. Things came together for him, but also what happened in the second half? He was hitting in the nine hole. For much of the start of the season, he was hitting leadoff. Um, but at the end of the season, he, he was hitting in the nine hole and and, a, and second in the lineup too. Um, as a nine hole hitter last year, Ryan, a 145 WRC plus and a 272 ISO in 112 plate appearances. And then a 140 WRC plus in the two hole and another 52 plate appearances. So you put that together. It's a, it's a small sample, but we're talking about granular stuff within one singular season, of course, it's going to be a small sample. So the reason that going forward, this has me intrigued is that the Cardinals offense is so incredibly loaded. They've signed Wilson Contreras to, to fill in here. Um, and you go look at their projected lineup and it's like, Brendan Donovan is going to be hitting leadoff, I think, a lot. Lars Newbar will be hitting first and second in this lineup. Then you go Goldie, Arenado, Contreras, Tyler O'Neill making a return, Dylan Carlson. I think Jordan Walker has a good chance to make this team in the outfield. And then that really slots Tommy Edmond in really well in the nine hole. And, you know, your counter to this might be Jeremy Pena is going to be hitting in the two hole. And there's like a certain, you know, difficulty like you know strength of schedule-esque argument here right it's harder to hit in the two hole than it is in the nine hole and maybe that's fair it probably is fair but you should put your player in the best position to perform and that's exactly what tommy edmund did right tommy edmund as you know had a 5.6 war last year compared to jeremy pena's 3.4 war yeah he played you know what 20 more games but is that really that much not really right he really outpaced him in war but if you don't like war because you don't like how Fangraphs calculates war, that's fine. I did the defense analysis too. Do you want to counter my offensive take yeah, first? Yeah, let, let me let me get into that before we get into the defense because that, that is maybe an area where I didn't dive as deep. So I am curious kind of the discrepancy between Eben and Pena. We'll get into that. The first thing I'll say, you kind of said it for me. You know, we're arguing about a, a top 10 shortstop in baseball being a nine hole hitter here. Uh, to me, I look at a guy who batted second on a team that won the World Series, and I think, why aren't we valuing that more? I also did my own kind of dive into Edmund season. and I didn't do the direct splits that you're referring to, shortstop, second base. I wanted to look at his season, right? Because he starts off at second base, played his first, you know, I think it was, let me get the exact, first 37 games at second base. It was exclusively second base to begin the year. He had 269, 368, 433 slug. Four homers, 132 WRC+. plus. A little before May 20th, May 11th, Paul DeYoung is optioned. He was the starting shortstop to begin the year. They spend some time. Brendan Donovan gets some starts. Edmundo Sosa gets some starts. Eventually, Edmund becomes the starter on May 20th. He then holds on to that job primarily until DeYoung gets called back up. Uh, and that was in, trying to find the exact date I had here, it was sometime in, it was July 30th. So it was, Basically, July 30 to August 25th, they went back to DeYoung. In the time in between, his first run at shortstop, 61 games played, Edmund hit 250, 296, 337, uh, three home runs, 81 WRC+. plus. So that was kind of where I found the the slow uh, or the, the, the downslope offensively for him is when he first went there. And to his credit, after some period where he was playing second again, where he posted 100 WRC+, plus, to close out the year in 31 games, Tommy Edmond hit 286 at shortstop, 339 on base, 473 
132 WRC plus. So I looked at his season instead of just kind of a direct split of shortstop second, it was a hot streak to start the season for the first month, a hot streak to close the season. And then it was four months in the middle where he was about slightly below average. I mean, that's, that's ultimately what I came to. There was a, a four month sample where we looked at Tommy Edmund, he hit 251 with a 295 on base and a 355 slug. I look at the player he was then with the 85 WRC plus, and I say, how different is it than the guy in 2020 and 2021 that posted a 90 WRC plus? And then the other thing I looked at is I looked at his season in 2021 and 2022. Tommy Edmund doubled his F4. So now we're going to get to the defense. That'll explain it a little bit. But I look at the the numbers between the two years, and even though we look at the the overall our overall F war, and we look at the WRC plus jump of eighteen, and think a much better season, really close, like two sixty two average in twenty twenty one, two sixty five in twenty twenty two, three oh eight on base in twenty twenty one, three twenty four in twenty twenty two. Slug jumped a little bit as well, three eighty seven to four hundred, but he hit eleven home runs this past year, thirteen. Scored 91, scored 95, drove in 56, drove in 57, stole 30, stole 32. OPS jumped 30 points, WRC RC plus jumped 18, and again, the F4 doubled. But I, I just think offensively, I look at Tommy Edmond and I say what he's been for his career is about what he's going to be, which is maybe at its best a 715, 725 OPS guy. He has to be so great defensively. And if Jeremy Pena just improves a little bit defensively to bridge that gap, I just think offensively we're talking about guys that bring something completely different. I think Pena offensively just you know can be a two-hitter on a team compared to a nine-hitter. So that that's where I see these guys offensively. Yeah, I mean, do you want to talk a little bit about Jeremy Pena's season, though? Because you want to talk about a tale of two halves. Jeremy Pena had a really hot start to the season yeah. and a really hot start to the season where he was hitting seventh, eighth, ninth in the, in the Houston Astros lineup. He had a 130 WRC plus with 11 home runs and six stolen bases in his first 61. Is that no, never mind. 239 plate appearances. Okay. Right. That's through um, basically into July. Right. If you want to go through just the first half, he had a, 117 WRC plus. So he started cooling off going into the all-star break. Yeah. He returns after the all-star break and he was a different hitter in the second half. And maybe this was like, you could almost say it's his like sophomore slump. Like the league was figuring him out a little bit, which is definitely fair, but he had an 86 WRC plus a 24% strikeout rate only walked 2.9% of the time, a 267 on base percentage, right? It wasn't a good approach. It shows that to me, when Jeremy Pena is struggling to hit the ball and make impact with the ball and he's not hitting for average and he's not, you know, hitting enough home runs and doubles that he can't really be a viable player in a lineup because he's not walking enough, which is concerning. And Edmund doesn't walk a ton either. Um, you know, he walks between five and 8% of the time, I would say is, is kind of where I would project Edmund. Um, but that was just kind of a concern for me is how Jeremy Pena ended the regular season. Obviously he had a roaring postseason, right? Four home runs. And it, at every home run seemed like it was in the biggest moment. Um, but I'm not ready to say that Jeremy Pena is even above Tommy Edmund at the plate. 
right? We've yeah. we've seen the both both of them struggle at the top of the lineup. Um, and we've seen both of them struggle with walking enough. Um, the one positive I will say about Jeremy Pena is he is always going to outperform his expected metrics because he pulls the ball a lot. Um, right. He doesn't hit the ball terribly hard. 36% hard hit rate last year, but a 9.6 barrel rate is, is extremely, extremely good. Um, and his pull percentage was nearly 50%. So he's kind of that Altuve like archetype where he pulls the ball so much that he's going to get, uh, more balls out of the yard that way. So I'm just not ready to say that, that Jeremy Pena is even a better hitter than, than Tommy Edmund. See, my my whole take, you know, what you're saying with the sophomore slump, uh, like th- that was how I viewed his season. It was, you know, he he comes in, no one really knows who this guy is, takes off, the league adjusts, and he adjusted back. And the fact that he had those at-bats that he had at the end of the season, I just viewed it as, all right, not to say he's going to hit 345 for the rest of his career like he did in the playoffs, but, you know, I, I thought that's a player figuring out, does he – just get a little bit better next year. You know, if, if you took uh, one of the things I did is I just said, let's just take his stats, right. And let's, let's add five home runs to it. Okay. If you add five home runs, you're looking at a four fifty five slug for a guy that's going to win a gold glove that can hit over 25 bombs a season. I just think the floor is there. And I also, I was trying to figure out like, okay, if we combine his playoffs and add it into his regular season, if we give him that, because that bridges the games played, makes it 149 games played for Pena at the MLB level. I tried to find a 13-game stretch as close as what he did in the playoffs. So I actually found it in his final 13 games of the regular season. It just happened to be he was hot going into the playoffs. He had 313, 327 on base, 646 slug with four home runs. Uh, he had nine runs scored, 13 RBIs, a 174 WRC+. plus In the playoffs, he had 345, 367 on base, 638 slug, four home runs, 12 runs scored, eight RBIs, 186 WRC+. plus. So they were close. His F4 in those final 13 games of the regular season was 0.7. So if you tack that on to his 3.4 F4, you get over a four-win player. I just think that's his floor. And if he hits 275 instead of 253, and I believe he can do that. I'm not saying he's going to walk more. But if he adds those 20 points to his average and his on-base percentage, and he's now, instead of being a sub-300 OBP guy, he's in the 315 range with a 450-plus slug, and now he's a 760 OPS hitter, I don't think Tommy Edmonds ever going to get his OPS over 750, where I can see that with Jeremy Pena. That, that's the difference to me, and maybe I'm projecting forward too much as opposed to looking at the sample that we have. My biggest issue with Jeremy Pena and why what's going to hold him back ceiling wise at the plate is those walks, right? You mentioned that you're not worried about it. I'm very worried about it because if you look last year, there was only 18 players in baseball with more than 300 plate appearances that had a walk rate less than 4%. Jeremy Pena was one of those. The highest WRC plus on this leaderboard is Oscar Gonzalez, right? Who's a platoon guy had a 122 WRC plus behind him, Tim Anderson in second, a 110 WRC plus Salvi, a 108 Luis Renjifo, Ahmed Rosario, Jeremy Pena, right? There's only seven out of 18 that had a bubble hundred WRC plus here. So that really caps in my opinion, his, his potential, I think I agree with you that he has a high floor though, right? I think Jeremy Pena's floor from a WRC plus perspective is like 85, 90, which is why I think 
I mean, Tommy Edmund, that's basically his floor too. They have very, very similar hitting floors in my opinion. Um, and so I'm just going to buy into the guy that has been the, the consistent guy for two years in a row. Right. But to me, um, I just think Edmund has more consistently been the 90 WRC plus guy than the 108 he was this year. Like he was that guy in 2020 and 2021 and for four months of this season. That that's my thing with Edmund. As I, I I'm not buying that those I, I think that those hot streaks will come and there's gonna be seasons where Tommy Edmund is gonna be a little bit better. Uh because you know he did it. You know, for his credit in his rookie season, he was great, but that's also the juice ball year. So all everyone's offensive numbers are inflated that year. So it's hard to yep. to look at that. And for me, I just think again, if we're saying they have similar floors, I I just don't know. Does Tommy Edmond have a higher ceiling than what we just saw? Was that w- did we just watch a career year, or or is there more for Tommy Edmond? I think there's more, and especially because he finished he finished the season strong as well. As I mentioned, a 118 WRC plus in that second half, and you can break it up granularly. But I think that you know you can say what you will about Tommy hitting Tommy Edmund hitting ninth versus Jeremy Pena hitting second or whatever. Um, I think that that gives actually Tommy Edmund an advantage too from a value perspective. He if he's more comfortable hitting in that nine hole, yeah, maybe he won't come up to bat as much. But what he does in those at-bats matters a ton. Um, And I think he'll be successful that way. I do want to talk about defense because I think that is the great difference maker here. I mean, at the end of the day, you could say that from a hitting perspective, these two are neck and neck. Defense, I thought would be closer than it was. So kind of my analysis. Actually, I want to finish up to one thing, Rye. Do you think it's weird how Tommy Edmond last year played 29 games at multiple positions like that must be stressful i'm moving yeah. around mid game it's a weird it's a weird position to be and i'm excited for edmund to have a full go at shortstop this year rather than moving around and, and kind of unsure of his role i think that's also important from a mental perspective um but yeah so i did an analysis on both where i grabbed you know all of their uh outs above average defensive run saved ultimate zone rating and then also um baseball prospectus has come out with an, their own defensive stat as well um called deserve runs prevented it's very similar to drs but calculated in a different way so i basically compiled all four of those together and i just wanted to give kind of where um each player ranks i did do um i normalized it to per a thousand innings as well okay. so that we can compare it um so last year tommy edmund led baseball in outs above average per a thousand innings. He was eighth in defensive run saves per a thousand second in ultimate zone rating per a thousand and 13th in this new baseball perspective stat um, called defensive runs pre- uh, prevented. Right. Jeremy Pena, he ranked 13th in outs above average per 1000 second in defensive run save. So above Tommy Edmund there, and then an ultimate zone rating did not like Jeremy Pena at all. 33rd out of 38th um, in ultimate zone rating per 1,000. And um, deserve runs prevented also did not like Jeremy Pena. 28th in deserve runs prevented. Um, so just kind of like compiling all of those together, I would give Tommy Edmund the edge at shortstop. And those stats are only for shortstop. Right. Yeah. I didn't count any of Tommy Edmonds um, defense abilities at second base. So I'm just going to start there and you can kind of bring to the floor maybe what what you found on on the two of them. But I would give Tommy Edmond the, the edge right now at shortstop. 
So I do think that, you know, all the stats that, that you bring up there do paint a pretty clear picture here. And, you know, the one stat that you can hang your hat on for Pena is the defensive run saved. But, you know, there's other metrics. And, and that's where if we look at the complete picture again, it seems like Emmett has the edge. I think where I would lean on this is just looking at Jeremy Pena's experience level and the minor league career that he had, right? 2019, he gets 109 games, low A, high A. Doesn't get to play 2020. 2021 gets 30 games after a wrist injury at the end of the season. And then boom, you're the starting shortstop of the Houston Astros filling in for the platinum Glover. I I think to have navigated all of that to come up and want a gold glove. I think that Jeremy Pena can continue to get better. And those metrics might soon look a little bit more favorable to him over time. And so to me, it's more thinking when I compare the two, it's yeah, Eben might be the better defender, but I just think that, you know, Jeremy Pena is the more impactful player at the shortstop position. And I also, another thing that doesn't necessarily weigh into this, and maybe this is a conversation after we dig a little bit deeper into the defense is, you know, tomorrow, if let's just say this was an exercise I was doing in my head. So uh, let me see your thoughts on it. Let's say everything blew up this offseason as it did, but instead of re-signing with the twins, Carlos Correa signs that six-year deal with the Astros. I say, you know, we'll take you back, Carlos. And now Jeremy Pena becomes, you know, the best trade asset in the game if they wanted to. And they traded him to the Blue Jays for, for Guy Moreno. Or the Cardinals got in the mix for Jeremy Pena. Who's playing shortstop for those teams? I think Jeremy Pena plays shortstop on both of those teams. That's what I think. So so you think that they would they would keep Edmund at short and they move Pena to second? I have a beautiful counter for you. Okay. So, Ozzie Smith. Arguably the greatest defensive player ever. I mean, there's there's many out there. Brooks Robinson is right there. Yadier Molina is actually the only player to rank ahead of Ozzie Smith in uh, defensive war all time. Ozzie Smith's second, ahead of right ahead of Brooks Robinson. So however you cut it, Ozzie Smith knows defense. He's one of the greatest to ever do it. So in a recent interview, Ozzie Smith says, in, in reference to Tommy Edmond, he's asked directly about Tommy Edmond and why he's so important to the Cardinals. He goes, he's one of the reasons this team has been so successful these last few years, and it's only going to continue to grow. He even said that Tommy Edmond would have belonged on the teams that Ozzie Smith played for. Like he would have he would have wanted him next to him at second or even at short. Obviously, Ozzie's at short, right? Um, he continued and said he's gritty, hard nosed. The consistency he brings to the field is unmatched. Right. This is like he was basically like, this is your ball player's ball player. And this guy is the ultimate team guy. He shows up to the field. He's gritty. He does all the hard thing, all the all the little things right. Um, and so I think Jeremy Pena has all of these intangibles too. everything that I've heard about Jeremy Pena is he's an incredible baseball player and an incredible heart, incredibly hard worker. But when Ozzie Smith is there, one of the maybe the greatest Cardinal ever. And he's saying that Tommy Edmond is like the next coming or or just not the next coming, but like, you know, he he plays shortstop like a shortstop should. And that means a lot to me. No, I hear you on that. I hear you on that for sure. I, I just think that especially with the Cardinals, they're so weird with that shortstop position that I, I cannot tell you for certain that Tommy Edmond spends the next however long they have control of him as the starting shortstop. Like they juggle that position like crazy. It seems like every two to three years they change things around. So to me, it's just, is he a shortstop? Is he a second baseman? I know that he absolutely can handle the position. 
I just think that if we're looking at the game and we're, we're breaking down the best shortstops, to me, Jeremy Pena comes to mind before I think of Tommy Evan. That's why I had him on my list ahead of him. Yeah, I mean, when it paint when you paint the picture, right, it's like people almost aren't viewing Tommy Edmund as a shortstop yet, but I think they will be in 2023. And I do want to preface basically everything that I've said in this entire episode. I'm rating Tommy Edmund ahead of Jeremy Pena for 2023. So don't get that twisted. Like beyond, I think it, the conversation, I think it should be Jeremy Pena, right? Like just knowing how young Jeremy Pena is and the limited minor league time he did have. Um, I think, you know, if we're talking 2025, 2026, like, yeah, Jeremy Payne is the guy you're choosing to build your franchise around. It's the reason that Tommy Edmond wasn't on the conversation you had yesterday with Arm, right? Um, but anyways, I digress. Yeah, no, for sure. I, it's it, it, Look, all this is splitting hairs. All this is subjective. And ultimately, you had the consensus on our original call, and that's that's why Edmond ranked in the top 10. And you know, it's hard to look at the 5.6 F4 and look any different. I, I personally believe that if we look at Tommy Edmonds 2.8 F4 uh, in 2021 and his 5.6 F4 last year, he falls somewhere in the middle, which is, you know, a four and a half win player. You could say Jeremy Pena going into this season being a little bit better than he was might be a four and a half win player. So I do think that we are ultimately arguing about two guys that might finish with a very similar season. <laughs> But personally, I'll take the guy that has the pop in his bat to give me 30 home runs potentially this year uh, over Tommy Edmund, who brings more of his value on the base pass. I don't know if he has 30 home run juice. I I, I don't he think could. he's there. He just he doesn't hit the ball in the air enough. Um, he he could. He just doesn't hit the ball in the air enough. His swing right now is is he hits too many ground balls. Um, but yeah, I'll wrap up with just, you know, kind of giving the projections because I think that's a, that's a pretty fair. good way to to wrap it up too is. Which I'm imagining uh, I might be in your favor a little bit, are they? A, a good amount. <laughs> <laughs> Jeremy Pena right now is projected from zips, which I think is a good, you know, a good projection system. Um, 137 games, 577 plate appearances, 21 home runs, 11 stolen bases, basically what he did, exactly what he did last year, pretty much. Um, a 104 WRC plus and 3.4 F4. Tommy Edmond, on the other hand, is projected for 152 games played. Um, so they actually project more health from Edmond, which is interesting. Um, 633 plate appearances, 13 home runs, 26 stolen bases, a 105 WRC plus. So they're pretty much um, in agreement with us on, on the offensive side of things. Um, and then from a defensive pers- perspective, they have um, Pena or they have Edmund being more valuable at short, which I think is fair as well. So he finishes off with a 4.4 expected war F war. So Ooh. one more win projected yeah. for Tommy Edmund. So I think that does kind of, support why we did have Tommy Edmond um, ahead of Pena. But I think it's a conversation, man. I, I don't think like you're out of left field saying that, you know, you're, you're pushing for Jeremy Pena here. Yeah. I mean, the, to close out my case, it's simply that, you know, we're, 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 we tried to blend so many things in this. We try to look at for guys like Edmond, the body of work, focus a lot on last season, project ahead and try to find a balance of it. And I think a lot of times we did skew a little bit more towards, you know, the 2022 numbers ultimately were the deciding factor. And that's where you see an admin ahead of that's where you see a Bogarts ahead of a Correa on our list as well. 
I just think that if we're looking at Pena's season that ended as ALCS MVP, World Series MVP, and Gold Glover, I think the accolades that he took, to me, are, are enough to kind of overlook the discrepancy in F4 and to maybe bet on the future of Pena. And it's just my buying stock in the younger shortstop that I think can have another leap this year and actually maybe take that step beyond what Edmund's ceiling is. But that's what we got baseball gives to watch in 2023 to figure it out. So for all of those of you who have been listening, uh, we ask you to comment your answer. If you're watching on YouTube or, or on any of our social media platforms, we'll be putting out graphics, Edmund or Pena, who do you guys got? Uh, we'll be doing more of this as we continue to go through these top tens. There was other arguments that we had ranking our players. At some point, I'm going to get Colby on to argue with Peter about Jazz Chisholm versus Harrison Bader. And it's going to be hard for me to be uh, an unbiased moderator on that one because uh, let's just put it this way. I don't like the Yankee as much as Peter does, <laughs> but we will get to that at another time. Colby, thank you for joining me. For all you listening, make sure you follow, rate, and review. Ever get your podcast, subscribe on YouTube, and check out all of our writing at JustBaseball.com.